Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great and Terrible AHS. We're doing Season 6, Episode 6, also known as Chapter 6 of Roanoke, also known as My Roanoke Nightmare, also known as American Horror Story Season 6. I'm Ty Tuesday, also known as Ty Tuesday. With me today is Miss Shadow Lovely and Slow Beef. Hello, howdy. Hi. Hey, um, so this is the episode where they decided... Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Me with my sicko shirt on, like, yes, yes, we're finally here. I so and just for expectations, I knew like factually what would happen in like one or two sentences. I was nowhere near prepared. Nowhere near. Because wow, this episode. Yeah, I feel like my guess was like as close as could be reasonably possible from a sane person. Yeah. <laughs> like they're gonna make some people go back there and relive it through the worst part of it. They're gonna they're gonna do a little Blair Witch there, which is kind of right. It's just the people they pick in particular is lunacy. <laughs> really I, ju- I just wanna say this episode onward is why I rallied so hard for this season to be the next Jesus season that we Christ. covered and i'm so yeah. glad we're finally here oh my god the the worst part is i think like we're probably not going to get to it today but there's a line at the end of this episode that made me like legitimately break out laughing and the deadpan delivery of it was mm-hmm. so killer <laughs> so if there oh my god if like all the episodes are going to be like this i'm just going to be flying high for the rest of this season cuz it's amazing yeah <laughs> it's, this, watching this oh. episode again for the podcast there were genuinely there were several scenes that made me laugh so hard i cried but there was one scene in particular that I literally laughed so hard I almost threw up and I could not stop laughing because of just how <laughs> batshit insane it was. Can I can I open with the scenario Liz I gave you, which yeah. is okay. I, so I I took a business law class and it's like a survey class is how the professor described it. I'm not a lawyer. This is not. But in in the bar exam you get these questions and they're like three paragraphs and they're these ridiculous situations of people doing really bad ideas that are going to get them sued and arrested and the notion is you get this scenario and like for my exam it was one question like that because again it wasn't like a real law class it was like and it was about a guy he opened a bar that was also a shooting range so he let people drink and go shooting and you could take pictures of people you knew and make them into targets that you'd shoot and they served underage kids and one of the kids brought a gun out of the restaurant and it goes on from there for like another like two paragraphs and the 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 exam is basically you know in the next two hours cite every rule of law over who can get sued by who why like all the tort and criminal law broken that you can think of go for it this episode is that not the scenario i described (laughs) but it is this incredible oh my god everyone here is going into jail and bankrupt from lawsuits because no way any of this flies ever 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 i hate it and i think the the part that really kicks that up to the next level is that the core premise from here on out is that the producer of the entire series who we will meet known as sydney um, is wild about always leaving the cameras on and always making sure they capture everything, including um, directly saying to the camera, we're going to do a crime, right? Yeah. yeah. But as yeah. long as no one knows we're doing a crime, as, they, as long as they can't prove we know we're doing a crime, we'll be fine. And then he's like, that camera's still on, right? Yes. 
great. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's incredible. It really is incredible. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, I guess let's crack her open. Um, mm-hmm. Starting with a new title card, because up until now we've had the My Roanoke Nightmare, very basic, boring title card. That's just like the image, the still image, basically. Um, now we get a new set of I feel title like cards. You put Pog question mark as the title here. Like you're like, oh, I think this is Pog, but I'm not sure. Is this good? Brand new I, title card, Pog, because it's the middle of the season. Like for anybody who's never watched it, I'm sure they'd be like incredibly confused. Like this isn't Naruto. You can't just drop a new opening in the middle of a season. Like it, it's it is and, so wild for non AHS watchers. And it's and it's meta, so it's not. But it is absolutely like a smell your own farts kind of thing because it's like my Roanoke nightmare was a television success story of 2015 with minimal promotion. The show garnered 23. By the way, thank you so much, Liz, for transcribing this and everything. Um, (laughs) Garnered 23 million viewers by its finale, topping that week's airing of Sunday Night Football, Empire, and The Walking Dead. Get the fuck out! Do you know what top Sunday Night Football? What's that? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah, yeah there's nothing. Um, definitely not a Ghost Adventures ripoff. Like, I mean, a good example, like a good not bit example would be like the kind of gross Jeffrey Dahmer documentary that came out on Netflix that was like yeah. insanely popular. That was insanely popular. I guarantee it did not do Sunday Night Football numbers. And it was one of the most talked about shows for months. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is that they're talking about it in in particular in relation to like ad money and how yeah. much ad money they're getting, which like part of the reason the NFL gets so much money for advertising isn't just because it's one of the most watched things consistently, which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also because it's got a very clean image all told. It's got a very, you know, mm-hmm. let's go America hoorah image that is fine for advertisers. They love it. You know what they don't love? The butcher. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's like, the thing. Like, like they don't want to associate with like they don't want to be like doom house. That's what we're about. <laughs> not even like the true crime thing cuz they'll lean super heavy into that even. It's like not even as a bit like the occultism and stuff like that that's mentioned in the show and the gore is a huge turnoff. That. yeah that's a huge turnoff for advertisers because they know that like a large majority of their viewers are like white Christian families like mm-hmm. that is where their money comes from <laughs> they are not going to and you know put what their white Christian that. families watch together every Sunday What's that? <laughs> the football that's right <laughs> yep. not anymore now it's this couple being menaced on what's got to be a fake TV show pretending to be a documentary <laughs> like Get out of here. <laughs> Get yeah. right out of here. <laughs> and then there's a little mini title card that says, eager to capitalize on the success, the network asked the producer to create a follow-up series, which um, I don't think that's how that works. Um, I guess maybe, hypothetically, if we're suspending disbelief and this show for some fucking reason did do Sunday night football numbers, maybe they would actually. That is a bit out of the ordinary. Maybe they would like to capitalize I mean, on that like lightning the in a Super bottle. Bowl. Specifically, <laughs> mm-hmm. didn't they? They were like, yeah, four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for every thirty second spot, and you got, you know, twenty eight minutes of commercials or whatever. Yeah, like rattling on this stuff. It's like, 
no, man. Also, another thing, football has so many time, so much time for ad breaks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a sport that's incredibly good at ad breaks and generating them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But I guess, yeah, if your show is making the network like $30 million an episode or whatever, and the sure. cost of making each episode is a guy cuts his own head off with a chainsaw <laughs> or whatever. Like, mm. that's a pretty good exchange rate for them. So maybe they would reach out. <laughs> Who can say? Sure. But what's weird is that they open they open with that, right? So, like, all of that aside, they open with that title card saying, like, essentially, like, oh, they made all this money, so they were approached. But the very first shot we get of the next scene is Sydney, the producer of the show, um, doing an elevator pitch to the execs of the network, which is odd, um, given that they... Ap- approached him question mark uh it's a it's a weird <laughs> dynamic uh that they've introduced also, us to very weird because uh sydney who if you uh listen to last season is played by the same actor who played uh vincent the say, uh, yeah. therapist um it, he's like storming into the building of the production company with a camera crew with him mm-hmm. and his like opening line is Keep filming. Even if I tell you to stop filming, you keep filming. You understand me? Which, again, extra weird when you're going to talk with some, like, C-level business people Mm -hmm. who are just there to say very boring things and nod and then sign a paper that says you get a billion dollars. You know, like, they're not exciting people. Um, and he storms in and yeah, sits him down and he's like, you gotta let me do it. I got a new show. We're gonna, we're gonna take all of the people from the show, both the, the real people and the actors who played the real people, but aren't the real people. They're real people in their own right. But in this case, (laughs) they're mostly known for being the other people who will also be there. This isn't confusing. Uh, we're all going to go back to the location for three days and uh, vibe under the blood moon. Um, one of the executives just, you know, asks back really rapidly. Wait, so like Big Brother? And he goes, like, Big Brother with spooky bits. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is his- no way, no day this ever happens. It, no. You know, like, like you can't do this for a thousand reasons, but even just in, like, corporate world, it's like, even if I said, like, hey, I love your deal, but I, w- I have a meeting, and you're recording our plans to do this, so other people, like, in other networks might try to beat us to the punch or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, this, like, there doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Also, like... Yeah. All of the executives in the room are like visibly uncomfortable and are like, ha what's this about? You can turn that off. It's fine. And he's like, no, everyone wants to see the, the process of us making this show. They, they love it. They want to know about us inking the contracts and they want to meet the C-level executives. And I'm just like, my brother, there is nothing I want less. Yeah, let me tell in you, when I'm watching Ghost Adventures, I'm thinking, I want to meet the backstage people. <laughs> I want to know who does craft <laughs> services. I want to know who types up resumes. Not, not even that. Like, <laughs> I want to know who sends a memo to send a memo to a bank to approve some money. That's or what like, I want to know. Yeah, or what are they the, up to? Looking at the camera like, legal's still not done with the contract. I mean, it's 200 pages, but I said it'd have it by Friday. Oh, well. And then that's the whole thing because that's like part of this. Like That's most of the process. You know what's super funny is they do make shows like about that, but like 
they're highly fictionalized, like Succession. And there's a reason why they don't have, like, a super wide audience. It's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to see, like, legal entertainment. Not, like, <laughs> not like illegal entertainment, but, like, yeah. I would like to learn about documents, please. I would like fictionalized <laughs> documents and document-associated activities, please. What are, what are contract negotiations like? Hey, you want to know what they're wa- not like? When the execs agree to your show and you walk out and you go, we just got $1.5 million for it or however much it was. It's like, you just did that on camera? We're there going to see it? You know? And screw up, like, every other person who's trying to negotiate a budget with them? Like, what do you, like, why? Why would I've you never do heard that? of an NDA, and I'm not going to ask about them now. It's That's too a, yeah. late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, his, um, the name of his show, um, this, the new one, is Return to Roanoke, Three Days in Hell, which I regret to inform everyone listening, is the new name of the show that we're going to be following. Um, so it's no longer My Roanoke Nightmare. It is now Return to Roanoke, Three Days in Hell, which sounds like a sci-fi original um, movie that I would find yeah. in a Dollar General DVD bin. <laughs> um, it's not. It's not great. Um, no. The executive um, brings up a very weird point, which this point will be brought up many times over the course of this episode, and it's my least favorite point. Um, there are a lot of problems with doing this: bringing a, bringing the people back to the original house and re-traumatizing them; b, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. making them interact with each other, and c, um, the shit that they're going to be doing in the house, uh, which we'll talk about later. But uh-huh. the executive is like, uh, "There's a huge problem with this show that you're pitching us, and that's that the viewers fucking hated that Mason's murder was never solved and that Lee was never punished." And I'm like, "That took." one quarter of one episode i don't think (laughs) anybody gave a shit i'm like really people people were mad like that's your hang up is that people are mad that like mason i am convinced i'm convinced this is a case of like that executive's nephew mentioned it (laughs) once uh, on on like it was like yeah look at this reddit post and then the executives like this is what everyone is saying all the time (laughs) yeah because like i mean (laughs) In reality, like, we are now working under the presumption that the things that Matt and Shelby said happened did happen and what Lee said happened happened, etc. Because there's, like, there's other eyewitness accounts um, of what happened. And obviously, we'll find out Lee was never arrested, etc., etc. It feels like the easiest answer that they probably in reality would go with is, oh, yeah, um, all of the cannibal weed redneck murders. Um, this was probably one of them. Like, <laughs> it would be Lee would be playing thirty five thousand D chess if she was managing to murder Mason during Weed Cannibal Massacre Three, <laughs> just to get away with like, it. it. It doesn't even make sense because, like, in the context of the show. We're given a lot of reasons to distrust Lee, and we're given a lot of reasons to hate Lee, but the show is framed in such a way that it is very clearly impossible for Lee to have done the murder. So I don't see why people would, like, be insistently down that path when, again, like... 
the show pretty clearly it makes it pretty clear that like she couldn't have done it and Shelby was bad for calling the cops on her <laughs> like that's how it was framed so I don't understand how it's like you ruined my life everybody thought I was a murderer like what <laughs> I bet Mason's family really loved the scene that they could never prove where Mason like pushes her too. You know what I mean? Like it's like thanks for dispersing our dead son's like you know what I mean like name and all that. (laughs) My Roanoke nightmare. The reason I bring it up is because this this becomes like Sydney's magnum opus. He's like this is why I'm doing this is because the the heart and soul of this show is going to be that we are going to get Lee to confess to the murder during this show. Like that's going to be the real like crowning achievement of this second series is that we're going to get Lee to admit to the murder. And I'm like um what what if she just doesn't? Like even if she did do it, um what if she just doesn't? Do you not have a show then? Like, it's a weird <laughs> thing to hinge. Also, I think illegal, maybe entrapment. Going back to our, is that legal or not? Um, Maybe entrapment. Yeah, actually, legal gut check. <laughs> is it legal to bring someone on a reality show under false <laughs> pretenses purely to try and coerce a confession out of them? I feel like... That's illegal. I yeah. feel like that's you're <laughs> at, trying to force best. somebody to confess. Even if they didn't do the crime, if you torture someone enough, maybe they'll just say they yeah. did it, you know? That yeah. kind of thing. No. It's not illegal, at at least, at minimum, not admissible in Immoral. court. Yeah. And definitely yeah. not usable yeah. in, like, charges. Like, cannot be used against her in any capacity. If anything, he's it's, damaging the chances of actually having her face charges. You know what it is? When she sues you for libel, you've helped her make a damn good case. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Like, oh, well. Jeez. Yeah, so <sighs> that's that's a thing that is going to be a reoccurring issue. Um, anyway, um, you may be thinking to yourself as you're listening, um, this seems odd. It seems like this is going to be a non-starter. Why the fuck would anybody um, agree to going back to the house um and you would be right uh (laughs) shelby and matt in particular the people who uh barely got away with their lives and saw oh i don't know four people die uh directly in front of them uh (laughs) as a result of this both because who 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 all died obviously we have uh cricket um, mason doctor the professor yeah cricket um I mean, they I saw they the might. reenactments of a lot of murders. Like, Matt saw the murdered nurses kill that old lady. Yeah, tons of like ghosts. They, they too, saw a yeah. lot of they saw a lot of death and Teeth dying. Rain. Teeth rain. Yeah, a lot of random pig corpses. Um, um, the the Polk guy got his head blown off. Like, they saw a lot of fucked up shit. Oh, yeah. Um, a cannibal, uh, some kind of weed cannibal witch keeping someone alive despite having multiple organs removed, then attempting to eat him yeah. saying he's bad meat. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, no, um, there literally no way you could convince any of those people to go back um, in anything other short of duress. Like unless yeah. you were holding a gun to their head and saying, I'm going to pull the trigger unless you go back there. Um no, <laughs> no, no, not a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, yeah. our opening scene ends with um, Sydney coming out of the meeting and meeting with Diana, his assistant slash um, like production manager, um, who just got off the phone and she's like, hey, unsurprisingly, Shelby said absolutely the fuck not, um, <laughs> which is, you know. Yeah. Reasonable. Uh, I think a, a pretty reasonable response. That would probably be my response as well. But 
Ba 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 ba. Next scene. We're in Ojai, California, 10 weeks before the spaghetti moon. Um, why are we there? And who's there, you may be asking? It's Sydney and Diana. And they are what it, at what appears to be a yoga studio, um, which is Shelby's. Good for her. Hey. Um, the real one, not the actress, just so we're clear. You might as well just, uh, if we say Shelby and Matt, we're talking about Shelby and Matt, the real ones at this point. Um, and Shelby um, is doing now another on-camera interview. Um, and she says that she's only agreed to this interview um, because this part is so confusing to me because she's been harassed. This part non-stop. is very confusing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She claims she was harassed nonstop, and people are leaving hatchets in her front door and sending her death threats constantly, which, yeah, doesn't add up because Shelby's character throughout the whole thing was a helpless little yoga child from California who was harangued and then at one point <laughs> called the cops on someone who extremely needed to be arrested <laughs> someone who like had kidnapped a child whether or not her intentions were pure did kidnap a child <laughs> yeah like i there are some interviews we'll get to later i'm like okay i could see i i have dealt with the public and public facing versus like celebrity um like i've seen it in person how people react um I I can see that and and definitely being like an online presence like you see that in comment sections like you see people being feral and awful for no reason Mm -hmm, but like mm -hmm. not going to someone's house and leaving hatchets in their door just because they were annoying on a documentary like (laughs) that that makes no sense but they're going to use that as Shelby's motivation um, for participating in this interview which will then be the crux that like she agrees to go on the show. by the way, uh, Sydney kind of, um, without much decorum, is like, congrats on being separated from Matt now. He doesn't say it like that, but he doesn't say it much better. Um, separated, not divorced. Important distinction. Um, this part, very funny. This was one of the parts that I laughed so hard I had to, like, take a break. Um, yeah, so- this is really this is a great <laughs> move. Actually, actually, very funny writing by whoever yeah. added this to the script. This is fucking awesome. It cuts to a TMZ clip um, of Shelby and the guy who plays Matt, who's named Dominic. Mm-hmm. Um it legitimately took a second for my yeah the thing that's funny is since like they're so conflated it took my brain a solid half second to realize like what's wrong that's just shelby and matt together oh oh, (laughs) it's a real shelby with fake matt that's awesome oh my god (laughs) and then um sydney like refers to it as an affair and she's like it wasn't an affair matt stopped speaking to me altogether so i settled for the guy who played him and i'm like that is the funniest thing I've ever heard like it's so (laughs) fucked up for Matt and Dominic like it's fucked up for Matt because you're basically cheating on him and then it's fucked up for Dominic because she's like well you're the wish.com version of my husband it's fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is fine um uh, so she's like she being Shelby is like I'm going to do this show, even if I don't want to, because then Matt's going to be forced to finally talk to me again. And I'm like, that's a very healthy thing to think, Shelby. Good, good call. Hostage situation. Great way to work out a marriage problem. I love this for you. Um, But she's not a monster. She says that Dominic can't be there because that would be fucked up for Matt. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> God, this is a good scene. Good scene. Thank you, American Horror Story. Um, but of and course, so of course, Sydney goes, "Yes, I agree to this on camera. I'm making a verbal contract with you <laughs> yeah. right now that Dominic will not be here." Okay, great. And then he walks away and turns to th- his assistant and goes, "Hey, that camera's still on, right? Okay, sick. Dominic, we already got him. He's still on. Great, great." <laughs> like it's just. <laughs> Oh God! They just want you to be aware. Like they, I almost wish Sydney didn't exist as a character, and instead it was just like a shadowy production figure who was doing all of these insidious things, right? Right. Like I think that would be more interesting to have these, you know, kind of curveballs pop up, and then it's a matter of, you know, was it the production team or was it, you know, an actual thing? But instead, it's just always, oh, Sydney's a dick. Look <laughs> at Sydney being a dick again. Okay, great. Sydney is simultaneously a huge asshole and the worst production manager that's ever that's ever been. Um, he's just really shit at his job. Um, so yeah, that was our that was our introduction to real Shelby um, in a capacity mm-hmm. where she's now a character. Um, but now. Uh, we're at a new location, Roanoke House, and it's two weeks before the Spaghetti Moon. Um, I'm saying this because these are the title cards they're giving us. Um, same with the last one. <laughs> right. So they are counting down to the Spaghetti Moon, essentially. Um, and it's Sydney and Diana, and they are now at the house, which, by the way, I forgot to mention in the executive meeting. Um, Sydney explains that they, they being Sydney, um, bought the house from Matt and Shelby. Um, so he owns it. So that's why they're allowed to film there. Um, and so they're there and they're setting stuff up. Um, they talk to Matt. Mac. I, I almost said Matt, but it's Mac. Um, very close to Matt, which is very confusing given how many characters there are in this show. Yep. Um, and he's <laughs> their, I don't know, special effects guy, their practical effects guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he has rigged this house to be a death trap. Um, it's <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. It's like if you know the old FMV game for like the Sega 32X or whatever called Night Trap, this shit is <laughs> Night Trap. Like he literally is just like, check it out. We can make the windows explode or a big old fireball come out of the oven. Or if uh, if a criminal walks past the stairs, you can turn the stairs into a slide and then they fall into the basement. Like it's yeah. just like completely unhinged. <laughs> like I cannot like state like the, they make drawers shoot out of the cabinets at like 50 miles an hour at like ankle level and like leg level that would definitely do physical harm. And then they make the fireplace essentially explode. And I'm like, you it kn- shoots a fireball. It yeah. shoots like a large fireball out of the oven. It's like a little pizza oven and it just blasts a fireball down the middle. What? And I'm like, you know why people can do uh, stunts like that in other movies. Um, it's because the people on set are aware um, yeah. and have followed safety precautions to make sure they don't fucking die uh, the, the when oven, these like, are going out, off. The oven shoots out fire. It's like pyrotechnics. Like you, someone will die. You know, and like <laughs> I'm sure, like people. Also, it's so, mm-hmm. it, it's so obviously pyrotechnics that you would look at it and be like, oh, is it a Kiss concert tonight? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Wow. It's not scary. It's all it's too awesome to be scary. But like, <laughs> yeah, if I saw that, I'd be like, whoa, kick ass. I need to leave the house. <laughs> like the oh thing that's like God. you know what it is? And I'm sure there's people out there that's like, oh, what about suspension and disbelief and things like that? One, we're way past that. Get out of here. But two, like, this is now set up to be like found footage, like kind of horror. And the whole conceit of that is it's supposed to be like 
this is fucking with your suspension disbelief. This is maybe kind of happening, like, and you know it's not, you know, logically, but you get in the moment. But when you do, like, all this crap where, like, this could never happen, this could never happen, this could never happen, like, it doesn't work anymore, you know? Like, it's just nonsense then. Yeah. It's just a weird... Like, if Ghost Adventures literally walked into, a like, a kitchen and a fireball exploded out of the middle... They probably wouldn't air it, like despite the fact that it would be the closest thing to actual evidence they've ever found. They would be like, this ruins the show, because if we show the fireball, nothing else we do ever counts again. (laughs) Someone just like scratching at a door isn't going to work when we saw fucking Ghost Ryu throw a Hadouken in the kitchen. Like it's just not going to land. And like uh, that's kind of addressed here. Before I get to to that, um, while they're walking around the house with Mac, he makes the sink explode and then all the drawers fly out of the kitchen cabinets at mock speed um and then sydney's like yo that's fucking sick and then sydney looks directly into the camera and says that's a callback to cricket seance in cricket's voice um what the fuck uh on all levels on all accounts what the fuck uh cricket as far as we know is a real person who died um <laughs> pretty <laughs> fucked up very fucked up sydney um that being said they're continuing to walk through the house and they go to the living room this part was confusing because they never address it the tv that we see playing elias's footage in the original documentary is now playing new found footage but i'm not sure if it is fake found footage they have made or if it is the footage that the real matt and shelby actually saw because you would think since the real Matt and Shelby are going to be there, they would see that footage and be like, that's not Elias. This is fake. But it's never addressed again. So it's it's like we yeah. don't know if that's like actually Elias or not. It's very, very weird. You know, Diana if- sees this and that's like her breaking point. She's like, this all is so fucking fake. People are going to hate it. You know. You yeah, you brought up a good point because it's like yeah, because so it, I guess it yeah, because the found footage they we see on the show is an actor because we see an actor playing the professor being eaten by the pokes right and mm-hmm. meeting them, so the real found footage must have been a different guy, which is mm-hmm. like I feel like if it was like a background thing that's real quick you'd be like oh that's a clever thing but there's so much focus on it that it ends up being confusing in the moment and it's like on this podcast I have to like sit here and like sip it you know what I mean like and yeah, I'm still not even sure what I'm saying this, is correct yeah sorry especially this season there's so many times where I have to sit and think I'm like okay well in the documentary version we saw an actor played this character so if this character comes back and they're they look like that that's an actor that's not the real thing that Matt and Shelby saw. Um, And that will be a reoccurring theme for the rest of the show. It feels Uh, like, you know what it is? It feels like when you're like watching like Donnie Darko or like Primer or like those time travel movies that are really dense, except this is just really fucking sloppy and you're trying to fix a mess than anything. Like, uh they it's it, they almost they've almost introduced time travel in the American <laughs> Horror Story universe with this specific season. It's a fucking lot. Um so this is Diana's kind of breaking point for as as far as like all right, you're making this super schlocky. Like people are not going to like this. Like the reason why and this is this is true. Diana, just so we're clear, Diana, the PA um or the yeah uh she is the sanest person on on the entire show like bar none across the board diana 
very sane. Um, and she's like, this isn't why people liked the original show. The, the, you've made it very cheesy. Um, we This is going to ruin the show. And then that's where, like, Sydney gets weird and defensive. And he's like, no, no, this is for perfect. And also, we're going to get Lee to admit that she murdered Mason. Um, I, <laughs> the shrug, um, as far as that goes. Again, yeah, as you put in your notes, it, it like, who thinks this? Like, nine people die really rapidly over the course of the show. Why would they be like, that one was definitely Mason? <laughs> or that one was definitely Lee. Definitely did that one. Um, definitely lit her husband on fire uh, I, I when he was like driving. If we are, if we're going to try and paint this with a brush of, like, if this was real life, like how much would it be believable? If anything, with what I've seen with public reaction to fiction, nonfiction, etc., um, I feel like if people were going to be very upset about Lee's character or Lee and like rally for justice, it would be Flora. They would want her to not have custody kidnapping. of Flora because of yeah. A, the kidnapping, and B, her previous daughter dying. Um like, there would maybe be some public outrage over, like, yeah, no, take her fucking kid away. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, get that kid to safety. Um, <laughs> not Mason. I don't think they would really give a shit about Mason, honestly. Um, they'd be like, yep, the Polks probably fucking killed him, given that that's what um, has been happening for decades. Like, it makes sense that uh, the Polks would have done it. I don't know why Lee needs to take the fall for this. Like, Lee can take the fall for the other stuff Lee's done. Lee doesn't need an extra crime. Um, I don't know why everybody's yeah, so hung need up on it. We to make up bonus crimes. <laughs> she did plenty of regular ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like she just, just fucking maybe go after the ones we know she did. Don't make some new ones up. Um, and then Sydney just brushes her off. Um, and then the production trailers show up at the house, and Sydney is fucking pissed. Um, <laughs> he wants them to be like hidden in the woods so that the people in the house don't know the ghost shit is fake, which is basically like trying to tell us, the audience members, that like, oh. We are going. We already know this, but they're like really hammering it home. We are going to be relentlessly re-traumatizing the people who survived this, <laughs> and also fucking with our actors. Like we are just going to be just massive no pieces one will, of shit. No one will ever work with our network again. <laughs> yeah, we no are one gonna... will ever agree to be on our shows. Period. <laughs> From this point on, SAG AFTRA is going to blacklist us. We are never going to get work again. Uh, <laughs> He, and, and buckle up because here we fucking go so they're outside Sydney's mad they're moving the trailers into the woods um, a production assistant runs up and does the you guys have got to see this cliche um, and then Sydney, Diana and the PA run over to a tree that's at the edge of the woods and I thought she was going to show them like the basement hole um, and I would have been like yeah they know about that they made the first show but no behind this tree just a random fucking tree um <laughs> is and I quote a circle of fetal pigs um and Sydney's like are these ours and then everyone's like oh they're not my fetal pigs um and then he's like who could have done this it was probably the polks and then sydney's like wait no we've tried to find the polks those hillbillies are in the wind and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about what are you 
What the fuck are you talking about, Sydney? Why are the Polks so ethereal is what I want to know. How do they keep phasing in and out of reality? Because they seem to be doing... How good is the weed? How are the <laughs> like, Polks not... How have they not been arrested? Like, okay, Lee may or may not have killed Mason. How have the Polks not been arrested? Like, or investigated? The Polks who, like, murdered a man found. on camera? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... And- I I don't understand where people's like ire for Lee and the Mason situation comes from when the Polks did actual crimes that can be proven. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because technically the producers of my Neuroanoke nightmare have also, are also going to get sued by the Polks for <laughs> implying that without <laughs> actual proof except their show. But, you know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Although, I don't know. I feel like if they mentioned, like, they being Matt and Shelby were like, yeah, the weed cannibals were growing weed. And mm. then the police showed up and there was weed there. They could be like, oh, okay, there's like... At least a little sliver of truth to what Matt and Shelby are saying. Like, they have some kind of information they shouldn't have about the Polks. Like, maybe we should look into the other stuff as well. (laughs) And don't forget, also, their weird feral children are also in police custody at the end of the documentary. That's never resolved. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why would it be and, at um, this point you know what I mean? so <laughs> now we've had a weird circle of fetal pigs left on the property on the premises for some reason um and nobody knows where it came from um would anybody like to roll us into the next bit of this episode because boy howdy is it my favorite yeah okay so <laughs> we're doing another interview this time with kathy bates the actress uh, who Kathy Bates is portraying, who portrayed the butcher, uh, known as Agnes Winstead. Um, yeah, um, Ka- Kathy Bates is so funny in this scene. First of all, they have her um, just be the nicest lady. Like she is <laughs> truly, truly just like delightful. Like she is, she is dressed like my mom who's going to church. It's <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty awesome. This lady has um, hard it, candies in her purse and will give them to you. Like for sure. Yeah. Oh my god. And they're interviewing her about um, you know, her part in Roanoke Nightmare, and they're like, Yeah, everybody loved your role as the as the butcher. You did such a great job. And yeah, as you've noted here, Kathy Bates manages to say the butcher really was the role of a lifetime um, without <laughs> cracking up when she is Kathy Bates. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh. Um yeah. Um, also, yeah. As you noted here, um, I had mentioned that you could go to five or six stores or just one energy in a previous uh, sequence. Uh, this time they showed a bunch of yeah, because she just mentioned she's like, yeah, I love the part ever since the audition. I just I love the part so much. And they're like, okay, yeah, here's some other people who auditioned for it, and it is truly the most you could go to five or six stores or just one. Like, like just being like, I am the spear of the woods. My shield is mighty. <laughs> just like regular, like not doing a voice, anything. People just like stone staring at a camera and reading lines. It's, oh, it's so funny. One of them I don't is know like why. A, one of the ladies is just credited as tall Amazonian woman. And it's just this really buff lady in a sports bra who just goes. <laughs> yep. That's, yeah. This <laughs> It's 
and then Honey, it shows there's a oh. big storm coming. It's <laughs> Kathy Bates audition, and she kind of does a dog shit job. Like her audition's really shit, and she does the thing you're like never supposed to do it on an audition, where she's like, she does her read, and then she just stands there, and she's like. I can also do it this way. Man, I just, re- I really love this character. This character's really good. I love this character so much. Like, casting directors hate that shit. Don't, don't do that. Um, that's like rule number one. They fucking hate that. Don't do that shit if you're doing an audition. Um, oh my God, but you could go to five or six stores or Roanoke Nightmare. Um, it's really up to you. I'm the sword of my lightning. I don't even remember what her speech was. They're like they're all doing a line yeah, from am, it, I'm so the, it's like hard. I am the bone of my sword, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, and she gets to say "blued" at one point, which is probably what wanted for her, you know. Blued. Yeah, <laughs> she is the only one who did like a funny voice, and I think yeah. that is what booked it for her. Is she did the funny voice, and they were like that. That's perfect. That's the butcher. Well, they have no idea who the butcher's gonna be either because they're just interviewing every single like person. You know what I mean? Just like how about. Could yeah. the butcher be a young buff lady? Could she be an older lady? You know what I mean? Like, it's God, a- could you imagine if the if the butcher had been like a tall Amazonian woman? Like, <laughs> if she was just like Blazer from American Gladiators or some <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, she runs in with a big Q-tip and just knocks Shelby down the stairs. That would be That's what's like honestly. extra confusing is because like they weren't <laughs> casting a movie; they were casting a documentary re- reenactment. So like Matt and Shelby had to provide like details as to what the butcher looked like and so for them to be like bring in the hot amazonian woman let's see if she works for this weird dumpy pilgrim lady <laughs> like, <laughs> like what are you guys doing what what casting call was this what were the specifications on this casting call whose agents did you speak to because what the fuck like the people you chose very bizarre no wonder you went with kathy bates she's the only one who even remotely meets the like the specifications (sighs) so so they keep interviewing her and um agnes goes on this whole thing about how she doesn't think of the butcher as a villain she just thinks of her as the Uh. person she was a historical figure buried by the patriarchy which um yeah, I don't know if I'd consider like uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, Jersey Devil like a historical <laughs> figure. <laughs> Moth Man. Yeah, the historical figure, the Chupacab. <laughs> uh, my favorite founding father, Skunk Ape. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! And yeah, apparently, um, Kathy Bates uh, fully Jokerified uh, during the filming uh, because she got so into being the butcher um, that she uh, became the butcher to the point that she was <sighs> running around in the full outfit. They cut to basically the Hollywood like walk of fame. Oh my God! Um, and there's thing. someone in a big Pikachu costume, and the, the filming just does start with someone being like. Oh, Pikachu! (laughs) (laughs) Taking a photo with the funny Pikachu. It is such a hard cut. It is such a hard transition from her being like the patriarchy buried the butcher's story. Like this very serious interview to being like, Pikachu! Do you want to talk to us about what happened in Hollywood? She's like, no, well, I... And then it just cuts to Pikachu! This was the scene where I laughed so hard I almost threw up. I was laughing so hard for this whole sequence. It is so funny. If you've never watched 
any other part of what we've been watching, please do yourself a favor and watch this scene. It's so funny. I wonder if you can look up like butcher Hollywood Boulevard scene because it's amazing just watching Kathy Bates in full regalia and character just this is my land and just like chopping a Darth Vader in the arm it was really funny because you know what too I think like I I think I forget which like one of you in our like our chat or whatever posted like Pikachu and that with no context so when that scene happened, you see Pikachu. I'm like, oh, that scene. And then all of a sudden, it goes to Kathy Bates and the butcher. And you're like, ah, no way. Like, just chopping up the face. What the? So much happens in, like, ten seconds in that it's, one scene. It's incredible. It is so funny. And, like, she legitimately, like, attacks somebody with a meat cleaver. Like, you see his arm bleeding and everything. Um... Uh, way to go, Kathy Bates. Good for you, I say. Um, li- yeah. living method acted <laughs> slightly too hard. Committed murder. <laughs> you know, it happens to the best of us. And I mean, like, those people on Hollywood Avenue, like, they're looking for that experience. They want to take pictures with Pikachu and Darth Vader and the Butcher and have them cleave them in the arm. Like, good for her. Really getting in there. Really connecting with the fans. I applaud it. Really putting feet to the pavement. I'm I'm all about um, it. <laughs> So yeah, she um, attacked a, a real human being with a real cleaver in the middle of a street. Um, she had to go to a psych ward for six months, apparently, and that was it. Um, because they decided um, she has uh, schizophrenia, and she gave herself schizophrenia by acting too hard. Uh. Um, I can say with full confidence, and I'm not a mental uh, health expert by any means, you cannot give yourself schizophrenia by acting too hard. <laughs> It's just, that's not a thing that can happen. You can't do that. It's made up. You can't, you can't, they, no, I refuse. I absolutely refuse. They're like, also, the thing that's confusing is, and I, oh God, I hate when they do this because this is so common in all media. Um, they can, they decide that, uh, like multiple personality or whatever is schizophrenia, which mm-hmm. no, uh. extremely no. Um, and this is like very clearly as well. Um, she, uh, like she's possessed. It's pretty obvious. It looks, it's a, it's a, it's a possession. Um, but more importantly, um, he then pulls out a picture of the circle of fetal pigs and goes, we know you're not better. We know you're not actually cured because you did this. And she goes, I, what is this? I don't know what this is. I didn't, what? I didn't do this. Um, and then, yeah, with, as you noted here, with no evidence um, whatsoever, has a cop come in and hand her a restraining order? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. There's so there's so many issues with this part. First of all, so fucked up. First of all, so fucked up to to like entrap a mentally ill person um, by your own admission, a mentally ill person, um, and then put them in a high pressure scenario, and then also like then inject the legal system so fucked up um mm-hmm. also I- with the full intention of pulling the rug out from under yeah. them just to be yeah, clear to yeah. fully setting up from word one the entire plan was we're gonna have her talk about how excited she was about the role and how much she loved doing it then we're going to shame her for the thing she did um and then we're going to say okay you're actually not allowed anywhere near the show and if you come near us you're going to jail that's so fucked up again literally yeah um, I- 
when they cut back and ask, you know, after the holiday thing, he's like, oh, you're still obsessed. You're actually still thinking about it. Look right over there. You still have stuff you stole from the show. And then like points at the other thing. And in, in a line that did kind of crack me up, <laughs> Kathy Bates just goes, the that's just my action figure <laughs> just like a little a little funko pop of herself and she's like that's they just make those yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that's one thing is again they make like, agnes a delightful lady like she's delightful she's a sweet little like little lady she's kathy bates that's she's a the, delight that's what the butcher would want you to think of. yeah and like I can also say regarding like the restraining order thing of having like a cop wait outside and then like pull them in to do this weird like Chris Hansen to catch a predator type like sting operation. Um, I can say um, not even speculating because I have been present for these kind of situations. Uh, That's not how restraining orders work. They will a not serve you a restraining order if you're like, hey, by the way, when you serve this, I'm going to be there antagonizing the (laughs) person I want a restraining order against. They're going to be like, no, we're not giving you a fucking restraining order you weirdo (laughs) you literally Um, can't have the person not violate the restraining order because when we serve it you will be there because there would if that was the case there would be so many circumstances where people would abuse that obviously um and then the second thing is you are literally not allowed to be present when the person you're getting a restraining order is served like you are not allowed to be there period it has to be served by a legal representative usually a police officer completely out of your presence you are not allowed to be there period otherwise the person who's getting served the restraining order has a lot of legal ground to take recourse because you're (laughs) fucking it up um just nothing about this Nothing about this is correct. Um, and it doesn't make sense even from like a layman's point of view. Like you would not ever in a million years stage a weird like sting operation to serve a restraining order to somebody who you know is unstable and has hurt people physically. It's uh it's this scene so it's so 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 many things mm-hmm. uh, and then um they're in her apartment by the way uh, in case that wasn't obvious they're in there in her apartment um meaning that they willingly went to her apartment um under the pretense that they thought she was already like menacing the set <laughs> um which is just weird that's just weird to be like ah this lady's already fucking with us let's go to her house like it it's so weird and then <laughs> Yeah. She chases them out of the apartment, hollering as the butcher. Um, and her little spiel at the end is pretty good and funny. Um, because anything <laughs> the butcher ever says is pretty good and funny at all times. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then Sydney uh is talking to the uh to his assistant afterwards as they're leaving, and she goes, "Do you really think she's gonna restrain that? Like, are you she's gonna you know respect that restraining order? Don't you think this might just make it worse? Do you want to get us a good a real butcher on our hands?" And he's just like, "God, I wish. <laughs> God, I hope so. I just need to make sure everyone here knows I'm a nasty bitch. Yeah. And yes, I do want to summon a serial. Ca- that camera's still rolling, right? Point it at me. Point. I want to know they see me say it. Yes, I want to make a murderer." <laughs> Yes, I'm Sydney. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm Sydney and I'm a so nasty boy who wants to do a crime. It's so egregious. It really is. That's what like makes me so mad about all of it. You know, it's like even like MTV, which was like 
would friggin' phone in all their reality shows, did, like, at least a half effort at, no, it's real, there's not, like, nobody's pulling strings, it's reality TV kind of shit, and he's just like, put tip all the scales in our favor, everybody, this is how the sausage is made, also, like, I'm gonna just admit to crimes right here, and I insist on recording it, and I hate all, like, what are you all doing? Stop it, Sydney! I'm gonna admit to crimes, and I'm gonna make sure to call a cop over, so they also, <laughs> so there's on footage me talking about the crimes I'm gonna do to a cop. <laughs> It's going to be so oh, funny. It's, it's going to be so good. People are going to love this. People are going to love me actively antagonizing someone who is a danger to themselves and the people around them. Like, people are going to love me re-traumatizing people who lived through a life or death scenario. Actually, I guess maybe people would, uh, given that they fucking hated Shelby IRL. Like, <laughs> maybe people are into that, given that people were putting, like, hatchets uh into Shelby's actual front door. So I don't know. Maybe he's right. Uh, So I guess one last interview for for this, Mm -hmm. for today's podcast. Um, The real Lee is being Uh. interviewed. (laughs) um, And she says she's going to be on the show so she can clear her name. Um it's really confusing because again clear her name of what um because the kidnapping she did and she admits to doing the rest of it he's not culpable for so i don't get the rest of it um also i they mentioned that the uh, her, her mother-in-law is so like uh, Mason's uh, mom is uh-huh. suing for custody, yeah. which didn't they already have custody? Yeah, no, I have that in my notes. I'm like, I don't understand how Lee has custody, period, yeah. because Lee already didn't have custody. And then she did a kidnapping and then Mason died. So yeah. like. The cops wouldn't just be like, well, damn, it sucks Mason died. I guess you get your kid back. Yeah, like, no, that's it. not how that so, works. Yeah. You keep what you kill, just like Chronicle of Riddick. <laughs> you did it. You now have custody of child. You killed man with custody of child. Now you have custody of child. Yeah, that's not how that, no. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. For, first stage would be um, fr- family, which I'm obviously, Mason, Mason's parents are very like active in trying to get custody. They would be given it, surely, unless something was very wrong with the parents. Um, Mason and Mason's parents. Um and then the next default would be she would become a ward of the state. Yeah. Like, she would not go to Lee this, this at, is, under any circumstances. <laughs> but she is. She Lee Lee has custody for some reason, um, and I, that's never explained. <laughs> she just has custody for some reason. <sighs> this is an interview on E, by the and way. Now she needs to, and now she needs to clear her name to maintain the custody that she shouldn't what? have, I yeah. guess. No. And like, you know, I all these plot, you know, no, I'm going to wait until the next part of this before I before I bring that out because it, it's like this is all like annoying enough, you know. But then like um then they 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 talk, they go back to Sydney Sydney's the biggest dick alive, like the the yeah. actual Roanoke 3 days in hell, which is like dealing with Sydney, right? And they're like, "Wait a sec, the actress Monet who plays Lee 
a recovering uh, a recovering alcoholic is actually also a recovering alcoholic. So okay, good casting, I guess. But like, and they're like, can we can we leave alcohol on the set? Which like, yeah, absolutely, of course you can, right? It's not like you know, no. But like the problem, yeah. yeah it- good. Unless it's, like, in her contract that she signs of, like, if I work on this production, there can't be alcohol on set. But that would be, like, a pretty notable exception, right? Like, for the most part, alcohols, at least in the United States, is not an illegal substance to just have around. So, like... Now, I'm... You're absolutely right. But I'm going to add a little corollary to that, which is, if you're on camera, uh then saying... You know what? It's okay that we have alcohol there, especially because alcohol makes for a good show. And you know what? She's an alcoholic. She'll find it. Like, and the lawyer's saying this. Like, you know what? That, it wasn't yeah. a problem until right now when you recorded yourself saying, hey, I think she's going to get in trouble here because now she can sue you for saying you put me in that position and I've got proof of you doing it. You knew it, yeah. You knowingly put me in a position to have that happen, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, up till that point, it's like, yeah, we'll just have alcohol on the set. And, you know, she'll do what she'll do, which is morally disgusting and repugnant, but also not illegal. Like, for a reality show, believable, yeah. right? 100% yes. believable. They would just leave the shit around and be like, yeah, one of them's an alcoholic. She'll figure it out, you know? Like... 100%. Having the actual lawyer on camera go, so um, it's okay that we know it as long as no one knows we know it. Wink. Right. <laughs> like, it's, uh. what's, what is so frustrating to me about this, too, is there's no reason for this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We already know what, an ass- what assholes these people are. We already know Sydney is a piece of crap. And we... And, and yeah. again, like... The, the, this whole thing is predicated on them being like, if Lee murders yeah. again, is that our fault? And they go, ah, no, probably not. You know, like we covered ourselves enough. That's we can probably happen. However, if this lady gets a drink in her, we might be in trouble. So like, and like, yeah, it's just what it is. Is it's like they keep stepping on rakes. This whole episode of things that are unbelievable, but they keep setting them up themselves. Like we didn't need to go here. At all. If you want to establish that she's an alcoholic, you could just do a quick, like, are we going to get in trouble for, like, giving her alcohol? No, of course not. Next thing. You know what I mean? Like, don't do this whole, like, oh, well, hmm, here's my crafty thing. You know what I mean? Like, nothing. Would that make us liable <laughs> if we gave her out? Liable. Yeah, a- a- as Liz has in the notes. Liable for what? Exactly. Right. <laughs> like... <laughs> If I put if I put bread on the table at the Olive Garden and someone comes in and eats the bread and they have like a gluten intolerance and it makes them sick, I'm not liable for them eating bread. You feel me? But like, but the thing is, if your lawyer is on camera saying, "Oh, I know but if they're your lawyer is like, we we're gonna get this dumb gluten eating bitch. Yes, you wait. We're gonna load up this table with bread and nothing else in the whole place." Tell me about this. It's like they're specifically talking like. This is gonna make a great show. Her being an alcoholic, and I guess she'll find alcohol. Who knows? Wink, wink, nudge. To Everyone's gonna love this fool just exploding from so much gluten. It's gonna be great. It's gonna make for great TV. Uh, it's like it's extra fucked up because, like, later in the episode, we find out that she became an alcoholic after the show. Oh my itself. god! Like, 
because she was playing Lee. And I'm like, Lee isn't even an alcoholic. What the fuck are you talking about? She's like, I was just such a good actor that I became an alcoholic. Like, that's not yeah, how she's that like, works. Not me, being in, me being in your headspace made me turn into an alcoholic. Again, like, not how it method acting? You don't. No, it's not. Look, famously, Nick, Nicolas yeah. Cage did that for leaving Las Vegas, meaning filmed himself getting like really fucking drunk and shit. But that doesn't make you an alcoholic. Like he's not one. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, like yeah. by virtue of doing that, it, you know what I like, mean? Like it's uh, no. Lee is not a good person, but like <laughs> her path to becoming addicted to opioids is one that millions of people have actually experienced. Right. Like. There's yeah. a reason Lee got addicted to pain pills because of how how the medical system treats that. Like it is a slippery slope from the moment that you lose like lose sight of how to take them properly. And like that and alcoholism, though they share many parallels. Um they are not the same thing and also you cannot um just make yourself have one. Uh, you cannot just ha- make that's yourself really have an, an addiction. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. not a thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, there's brain chemistry shit. It's not like it's not like fallout. I mean, yeah, it's. Also, it really wouldn't help you do a role. Um, yeah, I gotta say, unless the role is like, we need you to be blackout drunk. Even then, they probably wouldn't want you to actually be blackout no. drunk because that would make you. Very hard to work yes. with. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yes. Yeah. God damn it. Method acting is um, unsurprisingly frowned upon in um, a lot of acting circles for that exact reason. It's like, oh, um, if you can't separate reality from the character you're playing, um, you're probably not a very good actor. And maybe you should like learn how to be able to do that before you consider continuing acting because you will actively detriment like your real life if you have this weird mentality of like i just can't get out of the headspace of the character that i'm playing like imagine if what's her face who played eileen wernos in monster was like well guess i gotta start shooting people i guess i gotta start murdering people i hate to, like, <laughs> I hate to tell you about charlie saran if you've not seen what no that. she started shooting people just and as we started recording this i'm afraid no oh, damn I can't believe Charlize Theron got milkshake duck. <laughs> Damn you, American Horror Story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am pleased to uh, inform everyone we are not even halfway through this episode. So um, there's still a lot to chew on. Um, we still have to get in the house. We still have to deal with maybe the funniest Sarah Paulson expression um, uh, of either season so far. She makes a face that is... So fucking funny. My, <laughs> my oh, notes just say man. Sarah Paulson oh, no. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of Sarah Paulson no as well. Um, there's also maybe the biggest um we're just gonna summarize way too many events in a single line of dialogue <laughs> in the history of TV. Um, to the point that I just had to respond with my favorite ending of a movie, which is this one wild eighties movie where a guy just like shoots a rocket into another dude. And then text comes up on screen that just says, Mark Collins, age 45, gave himself up to the authorities after the incident. He is now serving a life sentence and then credits. And it's just oh. like that level of, you can't just say <laughs> that all that happened. I think I even saw that movie, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that's like Death Witch 3 with Charles Bronson, if I remember. But 
That sounds yeah. right. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do have to say, there is one last bit of the final scene where they're discussing like the legal ramifications of the alcohol thing, mm-hmm. where they do yet another uh, cliche of having Diana burst into the room while he's talking to the lawyer, and, and she's on the cell phone, and she's like. <gasps> we've got a major problem on set (laughs) and then the scene ends. So that's where we're going to leave it is Diana bursting into the room as they discuss the not morality, but legality of um, potentially um, giving alcohol to an alcoholic and maybe (laughs) uh, influencing someone to murder quote unquote again um, on their television show with Diana being like, we've got a problem on set and then ending the scene abruptly. (sighs) I can't wait. <sighs> there's so there's so much. Yeah. Yeah, till next time. Um there's so much happening in these episodes. I I apologize if this is taking longer than any of our listeners thought, but I assume if you're still here it's because you rather enjoy us taking too long with this also, show. Also, I'm like <laughs> I'm case, like exhausted. Keep it up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just like so tired. I- <laughs> I watched the episode and I was just shaking my head through so much of it. Um, I'm. It took it's, me three I hours. I wish I could just record for like four hours because I feel like I could just. I fueled purely by anger yeah. at yeah. the back half of yeah. this episode. I it literally took me three hours to watch this forty-five minute episode. It was. <laughs> it, there was so much going on, and like I just like to imagine that people who don't watch this along with us are like listening to us like describe everything and like they're getting like impatient because they're like I want to know what happens in the TV show but like they're unwilling to watch the TV show like, so they're like hurry mm-hmm. it up I gotta know what happens next and we're like listen you don't though. we're doing you a favor <laughs> yeah. that the TV show itself is not doing and explaining each scene as it happens we're... because you don't understand how much shit happens in every single episode we're the people coming out of Chernobyl like it's it's like 18,000 Rotkin don't go in there you know like. <laughs> no no deed of uh, honor is, is a student. No, there's none here uh, well till next time folks see ya yeah.